Sadiq Bey has been struggling mightily this season. We're going to talk about what's going wrong with Sadiq Bey and a bunch of other things with a guest I have today on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibilities, so start now at shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA, all lowercase. Once again, thank you for listening to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast. Thank you for making it your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And again, if you guys want to find the best way to support the podcast, support the work I put into the podcast, head over to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. We are trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. We're at around, I think, 680 right now. So again, help me get the podcast over on YouTube to a thousand subscribers by the end of the year. It's the best way to support the podcast. So I'd really appreciate it. And I forgot to tell you guys, I'm your host, Kuka Hill per usual. You can find me on Twitter at Kuka Hill. Um, and on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about Sadiq Bay and what's going wrong with him. It's been, you know, a tough season for Sadiq. He's coming off probably what was in, you know, possibly his worst game of the season against the Portland Trailblazers. And to discuss all these things with me, we'll also talk a little bit if we have time at the end, uh, Killian Hayes and Kay Cunningham's tandem, the backcourt, and hopefully we have enough time to talk about Isaiah Stewart as well. But I have one of my close friends on Twitter and the host of the Busted Header podcast, Hal. How you doing, man? Thank you for coming on. I'm I'm glad to be back. Uh, the video format's new. I'm gonna have to get used to that. You know, no picking your nose on camera. You know, all that <laughs> stuff. You know, can't show up in a bathrobe anymore. You know, got at least dressed from the top down. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's an adjustment, but it's a good adjustment. It's a good adjustment, though. You see, Hal, if you guys watch this on YouTube, I think Hal has a better background setup than I do. I just got, like, a plain background. So at least Hal got something in the background. I ain't got nothing. All but, the books. Uh, all the books. 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 Some are, nice uh, art. Book, books are better than, than plain backgrounds. I'll say that. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's, let's get into Sadiq Bey. So I've talked about Sadiq Bey a lot on the podcast, as all you listeners know. Uh, we spent a large amount of time talking about Sadiq Bey. You guys know how critical I was of him in the offseason, what I thought, or not critical of him, but critical of how I thought they were approaching his development in the offseason. And yes, I'm wearing a headband if you guys are watching this on YouTube. Uh, Hal told me I looked like Spencer Rattler before we <laughs> before we started recording. You were so in that guys, Oklahoma red, buddy. So you guys got to let me know if you guys agree with something like that. But anyways, uh, Sadiq Bey, he's been struggling. You guys know what I've said about him in the offseason, about how I was critical of his development, how they were going about it. Um, through the first four games of the NBA season, it looked like it was starting to work. I came on here, I told you guys that I'll I'll eat my words. It was working for him. He averaged 18.3 points a game. He was shooting 47% from the field, 30% from three. Uh, but you know he was showing improvement from two point range, getting to the rim, decision making. Uh, he was averaging, like I said, 18.3 points and nine and a half rebounds through the first two, four games of the season. I was came coming on here giving his props. Ever since then, we have a 17 game sample size of him shooting. 32% from the field, 28% from deep, 76% from the free throw line. He's down to 11.2 points a game. And overall, just on the court, I, he just ha- I, if you want me to be honest, if I was being objective, I would flat out say he's probably looked straight up bad on the basketball court. Um, Hal, I've spent a lot of time talking about why things going on with him, what's, what's up with him. Uh, so I'll give you the floor first to talk about what you think 
is wrong with Sadiq Bay so far over the last 17 games? And, you know, is there a way to – do you see this being able to fix itself moving forward? Are you worried a little bit about him moving forward? Just what's your overall thoughts about what we're seeing right now from him? I think for the large part it's rooted in him trying to change his shot. Um, he just seems like he's got real confidence issues right now. Um, compared to last year, you can see that he's really trying to get like a more traditional angle on his elbow and, and kind of on his release. And he's changed his footwork a little bit on the jumper. And I just think he's in that mode, you know, right now where it's not consistent and he's not hitting enough. And I think he's letting it affect, um, you know, the rest of his offense in this last Portland game, you know, just the first couple plays of the game, he's swinging passes, you know, and he, and he got assists off them. Um, you know, they weren't terrible plays, but he was swinging passes to other guys off shots that were wide open for him. Right. He was, he was turned down wide open looks and, you know, last year's Sadiq Bay, you know, it was more of a, Hey, maybe like slow it down a little bit, buddy, kind of a situation. So, you know, I think, I think a lot of it's rooted in that. And then he's trying to find other stuff to get himself going. And he just doesn't have, you know, he's, he's, he's just isn't ready to do that. You know, he's not really the guy you want creating off the dribble. You know, he's doing these post back downs that just kind of end up in, in ugly shots. Um, he had range well a lot and he's not that kind of mid range scorer yet. Um, you know, so I, th- I think it's just because the shot isn't working and I think actually people are starting to kind of notice and not close out on him as strong as they were last year. And I think because that it's just a, a chain reaction of things going wrong for him on the court and, and it's affecting his decision-making and kind of how everyone around him is playing as well. So we'll, we'll stick with it. I, I told how before we started recording that this is probably going to carry us into the second segment. So we're going to spend probably the first 15 minutes or so talking about this because I think it's a, it's probably the biggest topic going on right now outside of Kay Cunningham, who is basically the, the biggest topic all the time. Um, but outside of that, I think Sadiq Bey's struggles right now, I think, are at the forefront of every Pistons fan's mind right now. Uh, so we'll stay with the decision-making in the first, like you mentioned. Um, you know, I, I've noticed this, and I've said it on the packets a few times as well, and you, you brought it up that there seems to be, and me and you kind of disagreed on one, on a clip I used last week, uh, but even outside of that clip, I feel like he's running away from open threes too much. Um, he, like you said, he's passing up open shots that he usually would take uh, last year. Um, and there's been a few plays, and you know, I, I'm sure some people will disagree with this. For me, uh, I don't like seeing it. I don't think it's, it, it works for him. Uh, but there's, there's too many plays as well where um, he had one, I believe it was like two games ago, he did it like three or four times, I really hated it, um, where he would, you know, instead of spotting up, he would catch the ball almost as if he had already decided before he caught the ball that he was going to try to drive to the lane before he caught it. And it's like, it, it completely eliminates the option of a catch-and-shoot scenario where I believe he would be better as if he were to simply attack closeouts off of catch-and-shoots. If he wanted to attack them, you know, try to attack the rim off of closeouts, then I think he would be better served. But immediately trying to cut into that, I feel like takes away... Uh, what is supposed to be a strength and what he's supposed to be utilizing to bring other parts to his game. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I, I don't like that he's doing that. And again, there's been many times where it seems like he's just running away from open shots. Uh, there was one play against the Los Angeles Lakers. We talked about this on the podcast a few days ago. Um, I think it was Corey Joseph who kicked out to him on the left wing. LeBron, you know, not wanting to play defense. They're old. They don't want to play defense. They want to move. And LeBron's like sagging off five feet off of him. And Sadiq doesn't shoot the ball. He just catches it and just like, doesn't shoot and it's like I, I, what's going on because last year like you said he's letting that fly he's if you give him any kind of space 
it, it like you said, it, it got to a point where it was more so maybe we need a real minute a little bit because he's starting to get a little crazy with it. Now it's can you please shoot the ball? Like can you please take an open shot? Uh, so it's his decision making. It has been rough. It, it has been. I I do think that has a lot to do with his struggles. Uh, but I think there's a lot of other things that are going into his struggles as well that we'll talk about a little bit coming up. Uh, but I, lastly, I want to say when we were talking about his decision making, I will say this. Uh, I feel like his passing has gotten better this year, uh, but it's almost like it almost doesn't matter for me to a point because of how badly he's struggling everywhere else. Uh, and you know, I, I compared it to another former Piston, which you know we're we're starting to run a little bit longer than I want to in the first segment. So we'll carry this over to the second segment. I'll tell you guys who the pit, former Piston was that I compared this to, and we'll hear Hal's thoughts furthermore on Sadiq Bay and other parts of his game that I feel like you know is 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 holding him down and what he's struggling mightily with. Uh, but that will be, happen when we come back from the ad break. But first, I got to tell you guys about some of our sponsors. First up, let me tell you a little bit about Shopify. In case you didn't know, Shopify is a complete commerce platform that lets you start, grow, and manage a business. The subscription-based software allows anyone to set up an online store and sell their products. Shopify stop, store owners can also sell in physical locations using Shopify POS, our point-of-sale app, and accompanying hardware. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses, so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online, in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibilities, and Shopify helps you make your entrepreneurial dreams come true. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses from first sale to full scale, reaching customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. It allows you to gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates and profit margins and beyond. So go to shopify.com slash lockdownmba, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial to get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash lockdownmba right now. That's shopify.com slash lockdownmba. Then let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, Truebill. Do you want to know why free trials renew your, without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save... Okay, I'm sorry about that. People save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your account, and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to, un to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill also has over 2 million users and uh, helped them save over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling the day at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now to Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It can save you thousands a year. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. So, again, I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. Again, if you want to find the best way to support the podcast, head over to the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers. By the end of the year, we're hovering right around 680 right now. So we're just a little over 300 away. I think we can get there. So, again, if you want to find the best way to support the podcast and support the work I put into it, go over to the YouTube channel, at Lockdown Pistons. Subscribe to the channel. I'd really appreciate it. 
Uh, hell, man, that those those ad reads threw me off a little bit there. I got a phone call. <laughs> I got a phone call in the mid, in the middle of it and completely threw me off my groove. It 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 it, it messed me up, man. Look between that and the, the Shopify one, they got you. They they're hitting you with the syllables, man. It's like watching the uh, the the dog uh, obstacle course, you know, where like the little terriers gonna like go through all the little poles, you know. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to take your feet out from under you. That's not fair. Hey, man, it's 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 a work in progress. It, it definitely takes some talent to get it done. Uh, but but um, so in the first segment, we talked about Sadiq Bay's uh, decision making. Part of the reasons why that's uh, you know. Uh, contributing to his struggles another part that i want to bring up which is obviously i feel like it's at the forefront of everybody's thought process of why he's struggling and he's trying to do more he's trying to be a little bit of a different player he's trying to add more to his game and i told you guys before we went to the ad break that i was going to tell you guys who i compared this to now how i don't know if you'll agree with this and i don't know if you've seen me compare it yet so I, i'd love to see your live reaction to this so i'm comparing what's happening to sadiq right now to what we saw from speed mikhailuk in his final year with the pistons you could tell throughout his entire year, throughout the year, that he had worked on his overall game. You could see that he got marginally better at driving to the rim. He got marginally better passing the ball. He got marginally better at all this, all the things outside of his game. And that was supposed to contribute to what was already supposed to be what his strength was, three-point shooting. It was supposed to, like, round out his game a little bit and be like uh, the side dishes. That's, that's the best way I should uh, describe it. His main course was his shooting. But he needed some side dishes, and he started to bring some side dishes to the table. But what happened was, you know, you know what? This is actually a perfect example. What happened was, you showed up to the Thanksgiving dinner, Hal. You showed up to the Thanksgiving. You know, you got you got the you got the sweet potatoes, you got the mashed potatoes, you got the green bean casserole, you got you got you got all that stuff. And you sit down. You're like, okay, where's the meat? Where's the turkey? Where's the ham? He's like, oh, you know, we threw that away. We don't we don't have that. But we got all the you know we got a little bit of sweet potatoes. We got a little bit of mashed potatoes. You know, all that stuff. But we don't got no meat. That's how that's what happened to Speed and his value at the Pistons. Everything else looked like it got a little bit better. But it didn't matter because his main course wasn't there. I feel like that's what's happening to Zeke right now. Except I would I would argue that his side dishes aren't as as tasty as as what people want to be. Uh, but you know I, I think that's what's happening to him right now. You be careful have... with these metaphors now. <laughs> <laughs> he's he has a bunch of these side dishes right now that he's trying to add to the table. But in the process of doing that, he's completely knocked the turkey off the table. Not the turkey's bad. So do you think do you think that has something to do with it? What do you what do you think about my comparison there to what happened with the speed in his final year? Uh, I don't I I don't uh, dislike it. I think I think it's pretty fair, um, in, in a pretty similar situation. I think it, it kind of works like that. You need an advantage in basketball, right? It's it's as simple as that. Something has to create an advantage, and and then you try and attack the advantage, and you know things just kind of chain from there. And um, for guys like Sadiq you know, that advantage is usually coming off the catch, right? It's it's somebody else has created something. You're attacking a closeout. You have a closeout. And right now he's operating without an advantage because he's not shooting. And so, you know, this is what I, I, I said kind of in the first bit is everything kind of cascades off that where he's thinking, you know, okay, I don't want to shoot this three. I'm more comfortable with my mid-range shot right now. And so he's, you know, attacking a closeout that maybe isn't as aggressive as it was last year. And then, you know, he's taking two dribbles and pulling up in the mid-range, except he's not good at the mid-range yet. You know, it's not really ever been his shot. Um, you know, so, yeah, he's he's improved in his ball handling for sure. He's definitely a better passer, um, and I think maybe even a more willing passer than he was last year. But at the same time, he's not working with the same advantages he had last year. 
And because of that, maybe he's a better passer, but if he's not forcing a rotation because he's not a, enough as much of a threat, we don't get to see it. Exactly. Right? I... Maybe he's improved. Right now he doesn't have the opportunity to get to the rim. You know, he's he's not able to create that for himself. Um, you know, so he just, like you said, he has to find those things to anchor, you know, his skill set. And obviously his outside shooting has to be that. And then he can let the rest of it grow from there. If if he doesn't have that that you know the 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 trunk of the tree, nothing can branch out of it, right? He doesn't have that that central thing right now, and hopefully he gets some confidence and he starts hitting some shots. and And I think once that happens, I think we'll see you know a, a big leap from him because the rest of the stuff is stuff he has worked on. You know, he is learning, you know, lessons in playmaking, right? He's learning lessons in processing from what he's done so far this year. It's just hard for him to put those lessons into into regular practice because he doesn't have, you know, the shot to to round it all out. So, you know, I, me and you have talked about this before, and me, I mean, I feel like you quote actually not feel like I know you quoted one of my tweets earlier about this, uh, and I feel like me and you were probably some of the heavier guys about this and and like champion this throughout the off season. I really wanted Sadiq, and all my listeners know if you listened at all throughout the off season, my what I want Sadiq to work on was making himself even more of a deadly three-point shooter. Movement threes, coming off pin downs, uh, all those kind of things. I feel like that, excuse me, I feel like that would have would have elevated him more than him, you know, being a, what, let's say he was like a poor guy off the dribble last year. Let's say he was poor, everything else. Elevating that from poor to below average, I feel like him elevating himself from a good to great shooter would have been more, more, uh, uh, a better thing for him and better thing for the team. Uh, so this, I just want to bring this up real quick. So last season, his average distance on field goal attempts were 19 feet. How, if you want to take a guess right now, what do you think his average distance on field goal attempts is right now? 14 feet. Uh, well, I would say you're, you're, you're a little close. It's at 15 and a half feet. So okay. he's getting, he's trying, majority of his shots are close to the rim. Now he's shooting awful from all these areas right now. He's shooting 20, and to boost your point about him from the mid range right now, he's shooting 25% from 10 to 16 feet. He's shooting 25% from 16 to three point area, and he's shooting 28% from deep. So he's not shooting the ball well from anywhere. So, and, you know, I, I just feel like that if he would have, you know, I, I won't say that maybe it was a waste of an offseason, right? I won't say that. But, you know, I feel like that they really did work on the wrong areas with Sadiq this offseason or this past offseason. I, I really think that they should have. You know, just because I, I feel like it wasn't also it also just wasn't realistic for him to be able to do all these things anyways in the offense. They already have Keelan Hayes. They have Kay Cunningham. They have Jeremy Grant in the lineup. They can't have, you know, I tweeted this a few weeks ago and talked about it on the podcast. You, you can't have five people trying to create their own shot every time they touch the ball. You got you. Everyone has to have a role. Everyone has to know what they have to do. And everyone has to fall back sometimes. Like not everybody can be the ball handler. Not everybody can go out there and create a shot. Now everyone should be doing it. So it, it was never, for me, it was never realistic to expect him to be able to do that. Um, and, and to be honest, I don't think you should have really wanted him to do this. And I feel like it's hurt, hurt his game overall because, you know, you know, obviously it has to do with him not shooting well from deep. But I feel like the other things with him, you know, not taking open shots or, you know, like I mentioned, where he's like running to cut to the basket before even, you know, waiting to see if a closeout comes. He's catching the ball, already moving to the basket. I feel like all these are coming from, you know, him trying to showcase that he has other parts of his game now. And it's like, 
we don't. No one really cares about these other parts of your game because the part that made you like really good and intriguing prospect was the fact that you were, you know, you had the 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 build to be a three and D guy, and you know before. And I, I said this on Twitter as well, you know, to, to try to bring. You know, I, could, I here's another metaphor, another comparison. You know, we, we're doing really good with these right oh now. Boy. We're doing really good. With these. <laughs> All right. So Hal, did you? And after this, I'll we'll go to break and we'll give you the floor to, for the to open the final segment. But Hal, did you watch Jimmy Neutron growing up at all? Of course, I watched Jimmy Neutron growing up. Okay, so did you did you ever do you remember the the villain that he used to go against that would like he'd create these super amazing uh, objects, but he would never finish the object, so they would, that would always cause him to lose. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, that's what Sadiq Bay is right now. He had the build of like the three and D. He had, you know, he, he was that was his build right there. But he wasn't that good on defense. Most rookies aren't. But he wasn't good on defense. And he wasn't, you know, an, an elite shooter. He wasn't coming off screen shooting. He wasn't movement threes or anything. So he hadn't developed his or the build that he had. He hadn't developed that. He hadn't gotten to that point, you know, to where you should be trying to extend everything. He was he was over here trying to, you know, create, you know, uh, little parts for his machine. The machine wasn't even finished building yet. So that, that's where Sadiq is right now for me, and that's what makes it frustrating for me because I feel like this. If you wanted to do this, that's fine. But, you know, we had fans and we had people saying that he was Paul George after his first season. He could be Paul George. Let's see him do it. And it's like, dude, we haven't even seen him. Like, has Sadiq taken an off-ball? Like, I don't think I can I can remember him ever taking a movement off-screen three in his career. Like, he, I'm oh, sure he's, he's probably taken one. Yeah, I'm sure he's probably taken some, but I can't remember any. So it's like, like he need for me, he need to get those things down and add those parts to his game. Before he started trying to, you know, add a completely different facet of his game before he even developed the the core strength of his game. Uh, but you know, I, I, we're gonna go to the ad break real quick, and then I'll let Hal come back and tell me what he thought about my metaphor right there, if it was a, if it was a good one or not. Uh, <laughs> I, but first, I gotta tell you guys a little bit about another one of our sponsors, BetOnline AG. BetOnline has you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football con- season continues to march. To the playoffs, BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and it's easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So again, head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. BetOnline, where the game starts. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And again, if you want to find the best way to support the podcast, go over to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. Even if you don't like the visual version, you like the podcast version, trust me, I don't blame you. But simply to support the podcast, hit the subscribe button over there. I'd really appreciate it. But Hal, you have the floor, man. What do you, what do you think about my, my metaphors out there? I threw, I threw some Jimmy Neutron out there at you. I threw, <laughs> I, you know, I threw Thanksgiving out there. I, I threw a, a lot out there, man. I think this might be my most creative episode. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> He's very proud of himself. Look at him. Look at him. He's glowing. <laughs> uh, I, I think the one thing for me is like, we don't want to treat him as a finished product, right? Um, 
you know, yes, I think this is very clearly a step back in what he's producing right now. That doesn't inherently mean that his development is going backwards, right? If the shot comes back and if everything opens up for him and these, you know, these mistakes become growth points for him, then we're going to reap the benefits in the future. You know, it, he doesn't necessarily have to be just Jay Crowder, right? While he's until he's ready to do all this stuff. And then suddenly he becomes, you know, Paul George, right? It's going to be a gradual process. There's going to be, you know, pitfalls along the way. So it's, it's not a bad thing for him to work on multiple skills and develop multiple skills in concert. It just so happens that this is the sophomore slump, right? He saw what he needed to work on as a rookie and, um, you know, that process isn't going to be linear and it's, it's not always going to be easy or, or comfortable or aesthetically pleasing. I, I hope, um, I hope we're not developing wrong habits from a, a processing standpoint. And I don't think we're developing the worst things as long as he doesn't continue to be this shot shy. Um, you know, but part of it is a lot of other rookies, right? Got to be patient. They're not going to be, even though he's a little bit of an older uh, rookie, you're still not going to be, you know, who you are at 27, at 23. It's it's just not who you're going to be. So we gotta we gotta give him that time, um, you know, and hope that the that the work he's putting in behind the scenes pays off, right? And a lot of that stuff that he is working on is practice rep stuff, right? It's he's gotta he's gonna rebuild the jump shot. You need to put in, you know, thousands and thousands of jumpers. You know, after you figure out what you want to do with your new shot, you got to practice it thousands of times. And we're, you know, I'm sure he's only 20% of the way there, whatever it is. You know, we just got to be patient, wait for that to, to come to fruition. Hopefully it does. All right. So we talked about enough about what's wrong with Sadiq. How how can he get back on track this season? Uh, how can he get back back on track, not just for himself, but for the team? Because I feel like you're starting to see some of the frustrations frustrations with Cade and Killing specifically, I saw them after the last game. Uh, usually they always shake hands after the game. Both of them pissed off, went straight to the locker room. They were very angry. I saw Cade. It looked like he was swearing underneath his breath. Uh, it, it, the team's not good right now, and Cade specifically is not used to being on awful teams. He, he's not used to losing eight, nine games in a row. He's not used to that. It, just a reminder for people, Cade is, was probably on the best high school team of all time. That Montverde team that he um, with Scotty Barnes and uh, uh, Moses Moody, like that was he's he's basically never lost more than like a game in a row in his life. This is this is a new experience for Kate. Yeah, so you know I think you know from an overall team perspective, like they didn't expect to make the plan, but I don't think they expected it to be this bad. Maybe they expected it to you know their record to be around this area, but like how it's getting to this record, I don't think they expected it to be like that. So, you know, how, how does Sadiq get back on track? I think Sadiq getting back on track and trying to help the team more will help them be in competitive in more games. Not win games. I don't think they're going to win many games, but be competitive in games and keep games close to where they feel better about themselves and they're not getting blown out by 20-plus points to a Portland Trailblazers team that doesn't have their best player and is one of the worst defensive teams in the league and you can't even crack 95 points. So how does Sadiq get back on track to help the team because uh, he, he had his minutes cut a lot this last game. He only had played 26 minutes. He was a team worst minus 13. Uh, so what, is, what can he do to get back on track to try to help this team, help Cade, uh, you know, feel better about, about where they're at? I think, you know, it's a lot of confidence for him 
So I think part of it is just, you know, paring it down and trying to keep it a little simpler. Um, you know, when Killian and Cade are both out there with him, you're going to have a lot of easier offense for you, right? That's that's just what you get when you get two guys who are more playmakers like that. So let the game come to you a little bit more. Um, I think he can, if he wants to post up in the, in, you know, the staff is okay with that. Do your work a little earlier, right? Um, you know, it's it shouldn't be uh, catching it 20 feet from the rim, you know, along in the corner and kind of walking your man down. You know, go get post position and call for the ball, right? You know, do it do it early and so you don't waste clock. You know, so just don't let plays die because you're trying stuff. You know, if he can be decisive even while he's struggling, I think that'll just help him and the team flow together. And I think once, you know, I think as long as they play with pace, just, you know, not necessarily play with pace in terms of lots of possessions running up and down, but playing with pace, um, being decisive in the half court and stuff, I think that just helps a lot of people get through rough patches like this. Because it's not a, you know, there, there are areas where you and I are can complain about, you know, the offense Coach Casey's running and, uh, you know, all the schemes. To, that's well, not before you go problem. on. Before you go, before you go on, Chauncey Billups before the game last game said that he calls Dwayne Casey's offense quote unquote random, the randomness of the, of, of the, of the offense. So you guys take that for what you guys, take that for that, what you guys, that was, you that guys was uh, I, I think my reply to that was the, uh, the, I think you should leave. Oh my God. He admitted. <laughs> yeah. So Just like, go ahead. Okay. We, you, you saying the loud part, very loud there, Tracy, but, uh, <laughs> You know, back back to Sadiq. I just I don't think this is one of those issues, right? I don't I don't think he's. It's not like he's not getting the open looks. You know, this this is a, a confidence thing, so he just has to find ways to to give himself the easiest possible looks. Um, you know, whatever he can do to get to the rim. You know, continue doing your work in transition. Um, you know, and just he's one of those guys where it's like remember to to, to breathe once in a while. You know, there's some of these. There was a, a three pointer. He took in transition, and I think it was the Lakers game, where it was just he was on the left break, and it was a wide open, like a 3v1 transition. I think Cade threw it back to him on the break, and he just he shot it before he ever like landed on his jump. And it was just like one of those things where it's like you are wide open, just breathe. Just you know, take your time, you know, do the little things, follow your processes, and and just you know, shoot the shot that you that you've practiced. And I think he's so worked up right now, he's not doing that. And I think Sometimes you just got to work through these things, right? It, it, there's there's no uh, there's no easy solution other than just you know reminding yourself that you've put the work in and you got to you got to take the shots you're you're used to taking and and you know follow the follow you know the advice of your coaches. He's not a bad player, right? <laughs> you know that's uh, we everyone knows that it's, he's not a bad player. He's having a bad stretch, so just do the things that got you here, and you know it'll come back around. All right, so. Moving into the final bit of the podcast, we are running a little bit, but I want to get all these in. We're going to go as quick always. takes. We're, yeah, you, as always, with with almost everyone I have on the podcast. But I'm sorry, lockdown people. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're not too bad. It's only at 31 minutes, but we'll do quick takes. But before we get to quick takes, I have to ask you one last question about Sadiq, and then we'll move on. How many games, because Dwayne Casey said after 20 games, that's when he evaluates and wants, may change things. How many games will it take for you or not will it take but excuse me how many games into the season will it will it be before like 
this stretch turns into not just a stretch, like a legit concern about Sadiq. Will it ever hit that point this season? Will it have to be like longer? I don't think there's there's going to be a point where I say, oh my God, it's just like he's always going to be a terrible player. Like it could be a whole season where nothing clicks. We've seen that with guys before. I'm not going to worry about it too much. You know, it's it's unfortunate if, if it happens, but that's, I, I'm not, uh, not in the, you know, we talk about sample size all the time. And in reality, a single season, even as long and arduous as these, you know, uh, 20 win seasons feel, it's not really that big a sample size, right? He's going to play like 600 NBA games in his career. If, you know, 50 of them are slogs like this, so be it. All right, fair enough. I'll simply say this. I just want to bring this to the table. This is why, this is the only reason why I'm a, I, I my concern level for on a scale of one to 10 is at a three. Bryce at Motor City Hoops, you guys probably already saw this, but if you didn't, I'll describe it to you. He put up uh, a graph. He went through like the last, you know, top, best shooting rookies from beyond the, I think it was the top 10 list of made rook or made three pointers by rookies and their following seasons. And Sadiq's on that list. And he put all their struggles in, in their second season. And there's only, there's only I believe there's only four w- ones who had a, a, a downfall. One of them was Shamit, who went from like 41 to 39. So, I mean, it's not like he, he dropped from like excellent to great or something. Uh, but the only other person who's had a, this big of a drop-off so far. Now, obviously, Sadiq could turn around. But so far, the only other NBA player who has had this big of a drop-off in their, from the rookie season to second is Kyle Kuzma. And I don't think anyone wants him to be Kyle Kuzma. Uh, not saying he will be, but that's that's why my concern level has got him up, got me up to a three. If he doesn't like turn around, I'd say like midway through the season at some point. Is that Flint but, slander? Is that what I hear? That's Flint it, slander. It, 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 it is Flint slander. I, I will openly say that Kyle Kuzma is a weird <laughs> dude, and and he's not that good of a player. I, just nah, bro. It's just nah. Uh, but okay, quick takes. We'll try to get this done in four minutes. All right, Hal. First quick take. Killian Hayes, Kay Cunningham backcourt is the best duo of any duo uh, in, uh, having Kay Cunningham in it that's played at least 120 minutes on the season. What do you take away from that? Are you happy with what you've seen from that backcourt? Yeah, I'm pretty happy. Plus oh, minus, okay. the, plus minus they're at the top of the list, right? I I, yeah. I think they're they're learning to work together. We see it on defense. We see how much, um, you know, when Killian was out, we saw how much easier Cade's job got when he came back just in terms of not having to do so much of the, the simple stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Kay Cunningham coming off his, what may, some people may say his best game of the season. How have you felt about Kay Cunningham so far? Has he been everything you thought that he was going to be billed to be? Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm happy. Uh, the shot's got to keep falling. Um, he can't get too reliant on the shot when things aren't working. But uh, Something we've talked know, about on the podcast before. We keep yep, going. Yep. Um, but at the same time, I don't think he should be driving all the time. Like I, I think it's good for him to just keep the workload, you know, relatively stable throughout the season. This is this is all about learning. He doesn't have to go, you know, balls to the wall all the time, getting to the rim. So I'm pretty happy. This is this is you know what you want to see out of your rookie is is pretty stable production. Isaiah Stewart coming off a double double against the Portland Trail Blazers, his first double double of the season. He has had a pretty tough second season. People are questioning his fit uh, with the starting lineup. I am one of those people. Uh, the Pistons, the worst uh, 
the the Pistons at their worst when Isaiah Stewart's on his, on the floor. I checked it when I checked it yesterday. They were a minus thirteen dif- difference on off minus thirteen when he's on uh, when he's on off the floor. Or whatever you, you get, what I'm saying. Uh, it's the worst on the <laughs> it's the worst on the team. Are you worried about his fit in the starting lineup? Uh, and do you think the Pistons need to go? It, it should big men be uh, something uh, they go after at some point, either if it's this season at a trade deadline or in the free agency this following season. I think you definitely need a rim pressure option um, on the team. You, you need the jumpy jump guy, as Last Chance calls it. Um, you know, you, it's just uh, it's just something you have to have. Um, I do think there are ways that Stewart can uh, be more useful on this team. Just just a few little uh, schematic changes, and that doesn't even involve um, you know him learning to shoot. I think that's coming, but that's going to be a long process. Um, but yeah, you, a lob threat changes geometry right more wrinkles to an offense is always better all right and then the final one Sadiq Bey has been struggling we just spent the whole time talking about that some fans are saying and you know I won't say I was saying Ben Sadiq I was not saying Ben Sadiq but I was saying cut some of his minutes for Hamdou Diallo who seemed to have been playing much better do you think Hamdou Diallo should be given more run at the expense of Sadiq Bey's minutes right now with how he's played uh I think Frank Jackson's probably the one that should get uh, those minutes, to be honest with you, just because I think Frank's like, a, especially if it, we're talking about like the starter minutes, you know, if you, if you were to make any kind of move, then it's like, okay, um, you know, Frank fits really well with the Killian Cade combo as the as that floor spacer. I think Hami's definitely earned um, some minutes, but at some point, you know, you you don't have enough to go around. I do think that he's getting more of his minutes at the four right now, and I I actually really like what he provides as that option at the four. All right, and that was it. I think we did get it done in under five minutes. Uh, So, Hal, thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Hal, let them know where to find you, your podcast, you on Twitter, all the stuff you do. Well, if you're on YouTube and, you know, you should subscribe, you can see the handle right there on the YouTube. Yep, there you go. Uh, There you go. Yeah, yeah. At Hal Bridius on Twitter, you can find the podcast, The Busted Header, uh, we did just talk about some of, of uh, the way Stewart can improve and Luca Garza can improve and Cade and Killian. That should be dropping pretty soon here. Um, yeah, and uh, thanks for having me on, as always. I appreciate it. This was fun. Absolutely. It's always fun to have you on, Hal. It's always fun. I think we got your count up to like four or five now. How many times you've guessed on the podcast? I think that's where you're at. Price right has just blown me away. It's not fair. <laughs> but there, there, get... no, I've been lapped. <laughs> but thank you guys again for listening man i hope you guys enjoyed it Hal's a great person to have on here uh, he's a great follow on twitter he threads each game with clips throughout the entirety of the games uh it's it's a great thing if you guys you know you guys want to keep up with the game on twitter and have like some deep dives into it throughout the game how's your guy make sure you guys go follow him on twitter and definitely check out his podcast thank you i thank saw you. I saw him tweets on the a uh, few hours ago talking about his his podcast seems to be doing better numbers recently. Go ahead, everyone, <laughs> everyone, everyone, uh, everyone, make sure to yeah. go keep that going. Better than zero, that's for sure. <laughs> Spotify, Spotify was telling us we had a ninety or a nine hundred ninety nine percent increase. We we weren't a podcast really last year, so <laughs> there you go, great. there you go. Everyone, go check out his podcast. But thank you guys for listening to today's episode, of Lockdown Pistons Podcast. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. 
Thank you for making it your first listen. And again, if you want to find the best way to support the podcast, head over to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Even if you don't like watching the visual version, just to support the podcast, help us get to a thousand by the end of the year, hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. Follow me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. Enjoy the game tonight at nine o'clock. It's a little bit better than 10 o'clock than it was against Portland. I'm still going to be dead tired, but uh, you know, enjoy that game tonight and go Pistons. See you guys later.